welcome in why was one crack like five seconds after the other <laughs> ones oh welcome in to the fantasy football fathers podcast only one of us is an actual father none of us are priests my name is james Dreer. i'm joined here by tyler big herbie herbach what's up trey stinky fingers jose how we doing the hour is nigh it's upon the us hour. <laughs> <laughs> We go to battle. Game of Thrones tomorrow. all of a sudden. I've been watching the new Game of Thrones. I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> the the fires of Gondor have been lit. Aid is coming for all of us. <laughs> Thor of the now Rings, you, but whatever. Now you don't have to watch <laughs> any of those shows anymore because football starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Fuck, that'll be fun to edit. (laughs) Apologize for your ears and speakers uh, for that one there, but it is exciting. Headphone warning. Yeah. Um, Dude, yes, football starts tomorrow. Bills at the Rams. NFL did us a solid by scheduling this as the opener. Should be a really sweet game. And potentially the Super Bowl preview. Potentially, they really could be. It's crazy. It'd be pretty cool to see them, you know, be the first game and the last game of the season. Mm, it's not going to happen. Chargers are going to be there instead of the Bills, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, why you didn't say the Raiders? I would Whoa. like to, but the Chargers defense is too good. And they have a good running <laughs> game. That's what you need. But anyways, I digress. Chargers are locked and loaded, but this game should be a good one anyway. Um, if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. This is this marks the beginning of our starts and sits episodes, correct? Yeah. Today we're gonna go through all the early games. So Thursday night football obviously happening. Well, it'll be happening later this evening as you're listening to this. We're recording this uh late Wednesday night, but um so yeah all the early games and the thursday night game will be on this show we're going to go through every single episode or every single matchup and uh, i'm still thinking of game of thrones um (laughs) we'll go through every episode and kind of talk about some guys that are maybe more questionable you know the more obvious guys we don't really have to tell you to start and or sit um so yeah the real question marks is what we like to focus on in these episodes um and then on Friday's episode, we will have the starts of the week for every single position. Each of us pick um, essentially who's our most favorite start at that position for that particular week. Um, so that's a good one to make sure you don't miss on Friday. What else? Late games, right? Yeah, and yeah, we'll get our late games on uh, oh, yeah. the Friday and morning episodes over heard. Yeah, we're focused on the on the morning games right now. Yeah, did you say that? I was reading when you were talking. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I said that or not, so I'm glad you guys covered it. <laughs> now you have it. <laughs> yeah, so this episode is the early games, which is the morning games, and then well, yeah, on I Friday said that. Yes, we do yes, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're not uh, covering we're... obvious players, so like the paragraph that I wrote about Cooper Cup, I guess doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm kidding. No, you, can, <laughs> you can fine-tune it for the Friday episode. Um, all right. Do we want to cover any news, anything stand out uh, heading into 
the first week of the season to you guys? Um, anything like that before we get into these matchups? Um, well, Trey, Trey's got something there. Oh, we did our first giveaway on Twitter, so I don't think you talked about our social yeah. medias. Follow us at the FF Fathers on Twitter. I did. We'll probably but... be doing more giveaways. Did you? I was reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, That's we good. did our first giveaway. <laughs> Somebody got a free hat from NFLShop.com. If you want to win a free hat or something like that somewhere down the line this year, follow us at the FF Fathers. Yeah, and if you're feeling, you know, frisky, go ahead and, and give us a like, subscribe. That would be most beneficial. Um, again, if you're unfamiliar with the show, if you're new to the show, probably a lot of people are. Um, this is a fairly new show. We started as recording a podcast last year. We've basically been playing fantasy football our entire lives. <laughs> um, at this point, uh, at least a good half of our lives. Um, probably like 15 years. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Um, I so, came yeah. out of the womb with pick five. Uh, you're destined to be picking in the middle for your entire life yes anyways uh we've you know we're fantasy football addicts just like you guys are probably if you're listening to the show we love the game um we love playing it for many many years so we feel like we've done pretty well um at least have some knowledge to share with you and, and maybe entertain you a little bit along the way um so with that, let's get right into the Thursday night football matchup on NBC. Let's go. We got uh Mike Mike and uh Chris, right? For calling the game. Their first uh, re- real game together. Sunday night football. Mike Who? and Florio and Chris Collinsworth? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're doing that- this game. They they are, but they did a few games together last year when like Al was dealing with some health issues or something. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, Bills at the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills are two and a half point favorites right now on the Super Bowl champions. The over under is fifty two points. So even though a couple of really good defenses here, um, it looks like the books still think there's going to be quite a few points scored. Obviously, some high-powered offenses as well. Um, let's start on the Buffalo Bills side. Um, clearly, we don't have to tell you to start. Um, you know, Josh Allen. Obviously, he, you're you're starting him every single week. Um, same with Stephon Diggs. Let's get into the backfield situation a little bit. Devin Singletary and James Cook are. Two of the bigger question marks, I think, uh, heading into week one. It's a it's a tough Rams defense. Right now, Devin Singletary is the starter and expected to take on most of uh, the volume in this backfield. But as we all know, James Cook is sitting there, uh, very athletic, pass-catching type of back, which the Bills obviously were looking for in the offseason, trying to bring in McKissick. He goes back to the Commanders. Then they draft James Cook, who you know was basically known for that in in college. That's what he did. How are you feeling about these two guys here? Um, would you start either one of them in week one against the Rams on Thursday night? Ooh, man, that's tough. Honestly, I, I think I'm James Cook, I'm definitely going to wait and see how that how the snap share kind of 
plays out over the first week or two of the season. Um, Singletary is the one that I'm clearly most interested in. It is a little hard to say. I mean, you probably drafted him more as like you're running back three or four. Um, so it's certainly a viable flex play, but knowing how the bills don't run the ball a lot, even though they say they're going to run the ball more and try to take some of that workload off of Josh Allen against this Rams defense. I'm just not seeing them being a whole lot of success in that. So I'm going to sit them both for right now. Yeah, with where these guys were drafted, if you don't have two running backs before Devin Singletary or James Cook, you're probably forced to start them. So I'm not touching these guys this week. I mean, if you had, I mean, that's the definition of the zero running back draft strategy. If those are your, one of your top two guys that you'd be playing every week. I feel bad yeah, for, for that sure. person. <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah, the point stands. You probably didn't, you know, you're, you're not in a position to to have to start either one of these guys you drafted them later in your drafts uh maybe in the deepest of leagues you might have to i would say in a full ppr you know if you're in a pinch i guess somehow in week one uh james cook could be attractive but most you know i i I would say you could start devin singletary this week and see what happens i think he's going to get most of the work but still it's a tough defense bobby wagner's there now um you know if i can i'm not starting either one of these guys. But I think later in the season, James Cook does evolve into a really nice role, especially for full PPR. I think he's going to be, I think he has a really high ceiling. Someone I was targeting, you know, later in draft. Mm. Um, Let's move on to the receiver situation. Obviously not starting Stefan Diggs. Uh, but what about Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie? Isaiah <laughs> Did you say McKenzie you're not is... starting Stefan Diggs? Oh, is that what I said? You're obviously <laughs> yeah. starting Stefan Diggs is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's some good advice. Um, Isaiah McKenzie is healthy and active for this game, but he was dealing with, I believe, a hamstring injury or yeah, I believe something so. along those lines. Um. Oh, growing injury, uh, but he is expected to be um, playing. He was a full participant at practice. Um, someone that's kind of been on the sleeper charts as that starting slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Um, kind of won that job um, against Jameson Crowder. Either of these guys or both of these guys starters for you guys week one. I'll just say Gabe Davis uh, will probably be the second highest position player for the Bills. So I think he's definitely worth at least a flex. I'm avoiding Isaiah McKenzie um, just because of we're, we're so close to like when we recently drafted, at least in our leagues. I, I, I have guys on my lineup in every league I'd rather have over Isaiah McKenzie just week one. Yeah, but I mean, that's a fair point. Honestly, I you guys are a lot higher on Gabe Davis than I was throughout the offseason, and I'm still not super high on him, but I think in this matchup, I would upgrade him a little bit because Stephon Diggs will be seeing a lot of Jalen Ramsey. That leaves Gabe Davis to work off of Troy Hill, uh, which I like that matchup a lot more for him. So I would elevate Gabe Davis a little bit. I think he's going to be a, a pretty high-end flex play for you this week. You're yeah, a rain man you- with names. <clears throat> names. Ooh, voice broke. <laughs> <laughs> I like Gabe Davis. I think he's a solid wide receiver too this week um, against the Rams. First 
first night. Uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. I'm definitely starting Gabe Davis if he's on my team. Uh, Dawson Knox just got paid at the tight end position, four-year, $53.6 million deal. Um, you know, showed some really great things last year. Um, he's coming off kind of a tragic incident, as we all know. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's going to affect him. If anything, they might, you know, try to get him going even more just because he's been going through some some shit. Um, Dawson Knox, I like. I, uh, he's a starter for me this week. What about you guys? Um, you know, I, I'm worried about Dawson Knox in sense of the way this season goes. I know he just got paid and they like him a lot. They, they expect him to do good things, be more of the offense. Um, but last year, I mean, it was his breakout year, but he really rode nine touchdowns to that, that top rating where he was ranked 15th in total yards by tight ends. So that's what I'm worried about. He needs to really up his overall usage rate, not just the red zone usage to make me want to start him week in and week out. Now, with that being said, like you said, this being a a high scoring game, the Rams were not great against tight ends last year. They were actually just the 27th ranked defense against tight ends. They gave up over 12 points a game. So I think, you know, if you're streaming tight ends, he's a damn good play this week. With where you drafted him, you're starting in week one. It's just it's just plain <laughs> as that. All right. Um let me get back to my doc here. That's pretty I much like it the info, for the though. Bills. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. It's for the Bills. Okay. Let's move on to the Rams then. The other side of the ball in the Thursday night game. Uh Stafford, you know, if you punted quarterback, you're probably starting him. Um Obviously, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, I think are are automatic starts. Um, even in Week One, I, I either I mean I have high expectations for Allen Robinson. I think he has a big bounce back year. What do you guys think? Is Allen Robinson? Are you starting in Week One? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, just the over under on this game really. If you have one of the top two or three skill position players on that team, and was assumed to be a high passing game. Um, you, you have to start them. It's just, I think it's undeniable at this point. What about Cam Akers? He was my, uh, bust. So I have not drafted Cam Akers in any of my leagues. And many, many leagues have not one share of Cam Akers. Cause I am, I'm just kind of out right now. I, I know he came back and we said this in previous episodes, but he didn't look great, and he's had more time, but Sean McVay's already been quoted talking about splitting time with Daryl Henderson, how he thinks he has two starting running backs. Cam Akers was being drafted, I think, way too highly in drafts, but what about you guys? I guess if you did draft Cam Akers, I mean, you're you're starting him, right? I mean, you drafted him, what, in the fourth, fifth round? Yeah, I mean, you definitely were. drafted him. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely drafted. We all agreed on this throughout the season, the offseason, drafting way too high. I mean, he was being drafted ahead of, you know, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Dillon, um, a lot of guys that I would have taken ahead of him. And I think David Montgomery. No, actually, David Montgomery was ahead of him by a couple picks, but uh, ah. yeah, it was right there, though. But still, it's just one of those things. 
I think everyone should be worried about Cam Akers. You do have to start him based if you did draft him because of where you drafted him at, but I'm not look thinking he's gonna finish as an RB eighteen like he's being drafted as, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I totally agree. We might become a broken record on this episode with saying like with where you drafted that person in your recent draft, you're kind of forced week one to really start a lot of people. So if you have if Cam Akers is your RB two, I mean you you got to kind of roll with it unless you have a better option, which you probably don't because he's your RB2. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you got to play the guys that you drafted, right? You believe, like, if you drafted K-Makers, you truly believe in him, so so start him, you know? Um, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't have drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if people he, if do believe in him, and that's okay. If he's you your know, RB2, you, you didn't listen him. to our entire offseason is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the tight end situation in for the Rams, Tyler Higby? I mean, if you punted tight end and and you took Higby as your guy, I guess. But again, there's there's so many other tight ends. I think at that position or that at that ADP that I would have taken over over Higby. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if you had Higby as your tight end, you're probably punted and you're just going to stream him throughout the season. But if you are streaming, this should not be the week you should be streaming Tyler Higby. The Bills gave up under five points per game to the tight ends all of last season. Like, And Higby was never a huge part of this offense. He's going to be probably shut out. Maybe he'll have probably, what, like one catch for like 12 yards. Like, he's not worth putting Whoa. in your lineup at all this week. Man, a little Tyler on Tyler violence there. <laughs> yeah, no longer <laughs> Tyler's Higby. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe later in the season, just not week one when he's going to be murdered out there. I, I agree. I would say if you have Tyler Higby in your lineup, I would go for David Njoku, who most likely was not drafted in your league, and I would start him instead. Alrighty, let's move on to our first early game on Sunday. Um, the Saints taking on the Falcons um, at Atlanta. Uh, the Saints are five and a half point favorites right now. The over under is forty two and a half points. Um, on the Saints side, on New Orleans side, um, Alvin Kamara, obviously you're starting. Um, but what about Jameis Winston? Is this a week that you feel like if you're streaming the quarterback position? You know, let's say you punted quarterback, which some people do, both quarterback and tight ends. Um, some. Uh, we do that uh, sometimes, but uh, Jameis Winston, is this uh, the type of matchup you would like to go ahead and, and plug Jameis in as a starter week one? I would say no. I see the Saints taking an early lead and trying to maintain it and using Alvin Kamara quite a bit, taking advantage of their you know, obvious uh, rushing advantage when it comes to their offense. And it just... I, the over-under seems high for me on this game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, so I, I would rather not start Jameis Winston. But I do think there'll be plenty of games this year where you, you will want to. Hmm. I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. Um, the Falcons' defense ha- gave up more than 18 points per game to the quarterback position last year. It was the seventh worst in the league. And in all honesty, this defense didn't get any better in the offseason. Uh, there's a pretty good chance they actually got worse. So um, even if they do get up big you know, relatively early, James Winston could do enough in the first half of this game to be a worthwhile stream. Could be a good um, DFS play there if your analysis is correct, Tyler. Um, for those of you in a state where you can play DFS. 
<laughs> Chris Olave, the wide receiver situation here in New Orleans. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, um, and obviously Jarvis Landry's there as well. But who's the wide receiver one here? You know, do you think Michael Thomas, you know, dealing with all the hamstring issues, does he come out and, and have a good game week one against the Falcons? And if you had to pick either one of these guys, like which one would you want more week one? I'll take Michael Thomas. I'm I'm on the boat where I th- am going to rely on Michael Thomas's talent still coming out of here. Um, everyone, everything out of this out of training camp, everything sounds like he's back at it. Um, you know, it's it sounds like he's still burning guys off at the top of his breaks. He looks great. Is basically what I'm trying to say. And against the matchup against the Falcons, the same logic I had with James Winston. I think you could take a flyer on Olave or Thomas this week, and I think you'll be okay. Um, I would pick Thomas just because. It's not his very first game in the NFL. Totally agree. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think, you know, I think Michael Thomas could be back. And, you know, this team is finally kind of looking up at least. Well, everyone kind of is right now. You know, everyone has big hopes and dreams and aspirations. Uh, but, you know, these guys, this New Orleans offense has a lot of talent. And um, we've seen Jameis be able to really provide extreme fantasy value to his receivers in the past. So I'm on the boat. I, I, I think you could start both these guys week one. And I like, I like Michael Thomas um, this year, you know, especially where he was being drafted. Um, flip into the other side of the ball here, the Atlanta side, um, the running back situation, Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier. Uh, oh, by the way, we're not starting Jarvis Landry, right? no okay nah wait and see how that plays out um Mm -hmm. yeah getting back to the atlanta running backs cordell patterson tyler algier um it's not a great matchup for the falcons this offense could struggle out of the gate trying to get you know things going with the new quarterback situation um how do we feel about cordell and the late round flyer Tyler Algier, rookie running back. I'll just say I'm treating this like the homeless man outside the gas station. I'm immediately saying no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up nicely. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> <laughs> take of the yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think you could take a shot on Cordell. You know, um, really, someone's. Some, uh, if you're ever going to play Cordell, it's got to be early in the season, right? You know, oh, so when, are when you you fresh. keep saying Cordell is Cordell Stewart coming back and in, into the league here or what? Cordero, Cordero, <laughs> I was say that. <laughs> I, yeah, my bad. Um, Corderell, um, Patterson, I would <laughs> be oh God. I think is flex worthy in this in this matchup. Just let me handle the black names. This is getting ridiculous. You still can't even say Saquon's name right. right. I spoke with his mom, and she said that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a moot point. Whatever, <laughs> Suck on or whatever you call him. Um, <laughs> suck on Barkley. Uh, Kyle Pitts, <laughs> the receiver that plays tight end. <laughs> um, obviously, you're starting Kyle Pitts, right? You drafted him in the third round. You're drafting Kyle Pitts, or you're you're playing Kyle Pitts every week. Yeah, you have to. 
Yep, I'm yep, not really yep. sure why I put him on the dock. <laughs> uh, Drake London <laughs> taking a shot on the rookie wide receiver out of SC right out of the gate. I mean, someone's got to catch the ball besides Kyle Pitts, so you might as well um, take a flyer on him. The one like weak spot the Saints defense last year was to wide receivers, so you know you can give a shot there. The one thing that's a little worrisome is they did add you know the Honey Badger back there, who is an absolute ball hawk, so and covers a lot of ground. So I think he could be taking out a lot of uh, deep shots from Pitts and London that you know out of the game that normally would be there. Well, like I said earlier, I think the Falcons will be playing from behind, which means they'll be passing more. And you guys know I love Marcus Mariota. This is going to be a good game for Marcus, I believe. Um, so I would start Drake London. I think he'll double-digit points for sure. He's worthy of a flex. Uh, the 49ers taking on the Chicago Bears. Um, in Chicago, San Francisco right now is seven-point favorites. Over-under is 41 and a half. Uh, let's start on the San Francisco side of the ball. Trey Lance's first regular season game as the bona fide starter in San Francisco. The team did bring back Jimmy G, as we all know. But uh, apparently they believe in, in Lance, and they're you know gung-ho on him being their starter uh, for the year. How do we feel about Trey Lance? Obviously, if he's the only quarterback you drafted, because you believe in him so much, then he is your starter. But if you drafted, let's say, another late-round quarterback like a Kirk Cousins or someone like that, are, are, you, are, are you taking like a Kirk Cousins against the Packers over Trey Lance week one? Um, really? You take Kirk Cousins over Trey Lance? Oh. Yeah, week one. I need to see it out of Trey Lance. I'm not. I have to see it before I start him, especially if he's like my second quarterback on my roster. I'm not gonna take that risk. Well, yeah, and, and that's fair. But Lance should ball out against the Bears. Like it's the it's the Bears. Their defense sucks. You know they weren't a very good defense last year, and they got rid of their best player in Khalil Mack. So uh, they're not trending upwards, as we would say. Um, the, my only concern with Trey Lance is that it was reported that he was really upset that Jimmy G is still on the roster, and I. Yeah. Worry. Yeah. I mean, could could that get in his head? You know that they're saying. You know, it could be one of those things that, like, maybe the Niners aren't as gung ho on Trey Lance as they, we originally thought they were. Hey, I'd be yeah, pissed too if my team kept a quarterback who can't throw the ball thirty fucking yards. That came from a reporter that is not um, the, the most re- the most reliable <laughs> reporter out there. A lot of them really aren't, but. Um, he in particular isn't, I guess. And there's been counter reports that say that was, um, over dramatized. Like they are, they believe in Lance. So I could see it though. I mean, we're all humans. I, obviously, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a surprise for him, but it, it, it was in the team's best interest. You know, they couldn't trade him. What are you going to do? Um, you need a backup. You know, Trey yeah, no, could no, go down. For, like, he runs a lot, but yeah, for for the Niners' sake, yeah, I think it makes sense as a team. But like, like you said, being human, I could see Trey Lance being upset by that. And you would think, hopefully, once he steps on the field, like that's not what's what is in your mindset. But it could be one of the things where he feels that pressure now that if he you know makes one bad play, like oh, am I gonna get pulled? 
if he has yeah. if he has like kind of a weaker mentality, which we don't know, we don't know Trey Lance, so I don't want to say that he he does, but that could end up you know hurting somebody's psyche pretty badly. I mean, if you're a professional quarterback, you were drafted number three overall in the NFL draft. It shouldn't matter who is you know who you're competing with. I think you know I would imagine Trey Lance kind of has that mentality that he's always been the dude, and he probably thinks he's the dude so i you know i don't buy into it that much but yeah i guess we all are human but i i think in the end trey lance balls out against chicago i think he has a big week one and kind of shuts some of the haters up against what like tyler said a pretty vulnerable chicago defense um the receiver situation debo you're starting uh should have a big game uh but what about brandon Ayuk? you know coming off um the last last season where it seemed he was in good old Shanahan's doghouse along with a, a couple other of his buddies um on the team there but the reports have been positive coming out of training camp it's he's been making some plays um should be the bona fide solid you know wide receiver too on that offense are you comfortable you know flexing Brandon Ayuk uh week 1 against again not the best defense you know, I I am. Um, I think Ayuk. This will be the year that he does really step into that number two role there, and we don't see so much up and down, uh, which will be good. Um, but especially, like you said, I mean, against the Bears, uh, he should be a pretty easy flex play this week. I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding Trey Lance. I'm avoiding Ayuk. <laughs> Are you playing <laughs> you guys, anybody you outside of Debo? Right. Not on this offense. No, George Kittle. Yeah, well, yeah, Kittle, but yeah, I mean, I only yeah. Who, <laughs> whose status is up in the air for Week One? So um, we'll see what happens there. Already, already. Um, yeah. On the Chicago side of the ball, uh, Justin Fields. Obviously, you can wait and see what happens there. But you know, with the running ability, could be an asset this year. Um, David Montgomery, you're starting. Um, Cole Komet. I I think I would start for sure. I've been drafting him in a lot of leagues where I waited on tight end. I think as a group probably was our favorite tight end to draft late in rounds into target um, after you punt the position. So you're definitely starting him. I think he could have a big game. But uh, what about Darnell Mooney? You know, obviously the number one wide receiver here. Um, you didn't draft him as one of your top two receivers, so you don't necessarily have to start him. But is he, you know, being the number one guy there in Chicago, are you going ahead and taking a shot on him as a flex week one against San Fran? Well, I think we're all on board with the assumption that the Bears will be down, so they're going to be passing, right? So it looks good for Darnell Mooney. I think he's definitely worthy of a flex. I know you touched on Cole Komet for a second, but I just have to say it since we're doing our starts of the week on our next episode. Cole Komet is my tight end start of the week. He's going to have the the best uh, game as far as the receiving options go for the Bears. Hmm. Interesting. Um, honestly, Mooney. <laughs> 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 Interesting. Well, I mean, I were, you know, the Niners have a couple of really good linebackers that can cover. So there is that concern for me with Cole Komet this week. But regardless, Mooney, I think you can flex him probably most weeks. You probably can because the Bears will be playing from behind a lot. So they will be throwing the ball. Well, obviously, there is some concern because you have 
Darnell Mooney and you have Cole Komet and you have nobody else. Like, right. they don't have another pass catcher that is even worth mentioning. So that's the concern where if there's no one else to take pressure off of Mooney, he, all he's going to do is see double teams in bracket coverage week in and week out, play in, you know, play out every drive. Very true. Very, very true. I think he's talented enough to, you know, beat that at times, but is Justin Fields progressed enough to get him the ball consistently? That's another big question mark on this offense. Yeah. So he has. <laughs> okay, apparently he has. Uh, he's got the inside track on that. I think he has. I hope so. <laughs> You're back on that statement pretty quick. Uh, I'll take a bet right now that Justin Fields has more points than Trey Lance. In oh, week one? That. Easy bet. Yeah. Or, in, or the season. Bet? No, week one in this game. Okay. Justin How Fields much will have more points. Do you want to bet? Well, I'm betting both of you five bucks each. Oh, wow. Fucking heavy rollers I'm gonna here. Go, I'm going to have to go to the bank. Uh, the Steelers taking on the Bengals. Oh, but Cincinnati. by the way, James and I will both take that bet. We'll both be on the Trey Lance side. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a bet for sure. Oh, okay. All right. Five dollars. I'm putting it on the document. Anyways, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Steelers at the Bengals. Uh, Bengals are six and a half point favorites. Over under is forty four and a half. Um, Steelers side of the ball. Obviously, you're starting Najee. Uh, what about the receivers though? Deontay Johnson, you're starting. What about the other two receivers though? Uh, George Pickens and Chase Claypool, are you taking a shot, you know, with the rookie receiver, George Pickens, who's, you know, flashed and, and has a great profile, looks like he could be a, a real stud in the league, or Chase Claypool, who had a terrible year last year? <laughs> Don't beat around the bush on that. Um, honestly, I'm not going <laughs> to play either one of them week one Claypool is still the listed number two receiver there so that gives me some pause that way I just still want to see what Pickens does against you know number one guys not second and third stringers like he was in the in the preseason I'm with you and if I had to choose I would choose Pickens over Claypool but yeah I'm with you I'm not trying to start either of those guys this week and just you know Claypool didn't have a terrible he had 860 receiving yards it's not bad for number two receiver. Yeah. He I mean, I'm not saying touchdowns. if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's not worthy. Well, yeah, he only had two. Where he had nine in his rookie year. So that was the major difference. Yeah, I'm not starting either one. Um, I like Pickens, you know, as a late round flyer this year. Didn't draft Chase Claypool anywhere. I think George takes over that job pretty quickly. Um I just think he's a better athlete, a better overall receiver. But, yeah, this week you, you can definitely wait on those guys. Um, moving to can I just say it end. one more time? What's that? Chase Claypool is literally a pool of clay. I can't dive into it. That's I just like that. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Uh, Pat Fryer moved the tight end. Uh that we all love and adore Patty. Um, this week, I, I like him. Um, Cincinnati was not great against um, tight ends last year. And 
I think that could continue. I think he's a really good uh, receiving tight end. I liked him coming out of college. He's shown good things in the NFL. Um, so I like Pat Fryermuth. I think you can start him this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm on the boat saying you can start Fryermuth every week. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm on that oh, boat oh. also, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh moving to the other side of the ball, the Cincy side. Um, you know, we don't gotta tell you to start the studs on this offense. Um, obviously Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, these are all guys you're gonna be starting week in and week out. But uh what about the third option in the receiving game there, Tyler Boyd? I mean <laughs> He he seems to be have become the forgotten receiver in this offense. Um, not really sure why either. Him and T. Higgins had very similar seasons last year, like especially when it came down to the final rankings. Um, I think I don't know what it is. People, as we had mentioned earlier in the offseason, that think T. Higgins is being way overdraft right now. I'm not sure why we expect him to make this huge leap this year. Um, with that being said, Tyler Boyd's not a great play this week against a really stout. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh defense. Um, it's really what they're going to rely on. They have such a great pass rush that it's going to require uh, Burrow to get the ball, get rid of the ball really quickly. So I'm not sure how many of those quick, you know, those hot read type of those are going to be going Tyler Boyd's way. So I would be sitting him this week. Yeah, I'm kind of in like this, the same boat with Tyler Boyd. He's someone, if I drafted him, I'm waiting a couple weeks to see how the offense is playing out. And I'm avoiding him this week. Yep. Um, Hayden Hurst, the tight end there in Cincinnati. He's kind of been a, a sleeper at the position, not talked about a whole lot, uh, but a guy I've been kind of eyeing, putting him on the watch list, as Trey would say, because um, oh, definitely yeah. not a, a guy that was being drafted very often, probably because there's just so many weapons in this offense already. But we saw you know, the tight ends last year for Cincinnati you know, have some big games. Maybe not week one, Hayden Hurst. You, you want to wait and see how it plays out. But I would say he's definitely a guy I would keep on my streaming radar, or at least on the watch list, maybe as a wa- waiver wire ad um, as we move throughout the season. Watch this. Um, this you know the season started. We're talking about watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I would, if you punted the position completely and you're streaming tight ends, I don't think Hayden Hurst is the worst play. Pittsburgh did give up, you know, a little more than 10 points per game to two tight ends last year. Uzuma had, you know, like you said, he wasn't a, a huge tight end. He finished number 19, but he had some big games. And so I could see something like that happening for uh, Hayden Hurst this, you know, this week and more times this season because Hayden Hurst is a much more well-known pass catching tight end than CJ Uzuma was before last season. I am with you. And when he was on the Ravens, man, Hayden Hurst was, he was great. Like he definitely has a lot of potential. All right, let's move on to the next game here. The Eagles taking on the, the Eagles taking on the Lions. Uh, The Eagles are four point favorites. The over under is 48 and a half points. Um, Starting on the Eagles side of the ball. I think it's um, obvious you're starting. Jalen Hurts and um, oh, 
AJ Brown, forgot his name for a second. Um, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown. What about uh, Devontae Smith? Oh, you going there? No, I mean he's he, there. I mean, where you're where you're drafting go there at. I mean he's going to be a top ten tight end this year. He's going to be a must start week in week out. For sure, I agree. Um, what about the wide receiver two for the Eagles? Um, week one, I'd absolutely flex him. Honestly, um, I know at one point in in the offseason, I made a pretty str- uh, big argument about, especially early in the year, Devontae Smith already having history in this offense, history with Jalen Hurts, that he'll be probably relied upon earlier in the season. AJ Brown will, and so I think week one, especially against a still rebuilding Lions team, that Devontae Smith is a very good flex play. I'm totally with you. I'm honestly of the thought process that him, like Devonta Smith and AJ Brown will finish very similarly in total points. They'll be used a lot differently, but I really think it'll, it'll be a lot closer than people think. They think AJ Brown will be so much further ahead of him. Uh, fantasy points wise. I really think it'll be very close. I wouldn't be surprised if Devonta Smith scores more points than AJ Brown this year. So definitely flexing him this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Never short on hot takes there from the old Trey Jose. Um, I've been stewing on it all off season. <laughs> got, got a bunch of them. Uh, what about the running backs on this offense? Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, either one of these guys starting for you week one. You can start Miles Sanders. I'm so tired of fucking saying this. <laughs> I, I, w- I wish the, the Eagles coaching staff would listen because I don't know why you're not giving Miles Sanders the ball more. They must hate him. Maybe he made a joke about their mothers. I don't know, man. But, like, <laughs> Miles Sanders deserves to get the ball more. Luckily, the OC, Shane Steichen, Steichen he did reiterate what head coach uh, Sirianni said earlier in the offseason that Miles Sanders is their guy. They expect him to be their starter week in, week out, as long as he's healthy, which is going to put Gainwell into the pass-catching role almost exclusively. So, yeah, I think you can roll with Sanders, and I would wait on Gainwell until later in the season and see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm totally with you. How quickly people forget it's like the strongest rushing attack in the league, and it should definitely be top five again, at least. And he's the the RB one. We're talking about a guy behind him having the pass catching role. They're a running team, so I'm totally with you. Start Miles Sanders until you're proven otherwise, which probably won't happen. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think you can start Miles Sanders week one against the Lions. You know, I'm not as much of a believer in the talent of Miles Sanders, but. Um, and I think Kenneth Gainwell is a pretty good back. I just, you know, I think this is going to be more of a committee approach throughout the season um, with Gainwell being a guy that you might be able to plug in if some, if you have some injuries that go on your team, especially a full PPR league. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, they're not absolute must starts for me. Quick side note, who has the bigger um, running back committee this year as far as splitting things up, the Rams or the Eagles? I think Honestly, it's... I lean towards the Rams. Yeah, Thank me too. You. Just just because I think Daryl Henderson's going to get a lot more 
obviously carries, you know, and not just be a pass catching specialist, but yeah, Boston Scott is in like- his backfield as well. And they, for whatever reason, continue to utilize Boston Scott more than we would like. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about the Lions side of the ball? Obviously, DeAndre Swift, you're starting. Amon Ross St. Brown, you're starting. You're starting. Uh, yeah, TJ Hawkins, Hawkins you're starting, and everyone else you're sitting. <laughs> that's why I didn't put, that's the one reason I put didn't put anybody on the on the list. I'm like, they seemed all very cut and clear dry. Like you're starting those guys, you're sitting everyone else. Disrespect yeah, to Jared Goff. No no DJ. Oh, Shark you starting your, Jared Goff uh, week one? <laughs> God, not even a super flex, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, the uh, Patriots taking on the Dolphins in Miami. This one should be an interesting matchup um, for both these teams. You know, a lot of question marks coming into this season. Um, Obviously, a divisional game. Um, The Dolphins are three and a half point favorites right now. Over under is 46 and a half points. Uh, let's start on the Patriots side. Really, you know, you're not starting anyone in this passing attack. The real question mark is, besides maybe Hunter Henry at tight end, um, but the real question mark is the running backs. Obviously, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. You know, very similar ADPs. Some people believed Stevenson will take over this backfield at some point throughout this season. How how do you feel about these guys? Are they both um, worthy of starting week one against the Dolphins? Erbach, I need your genius here. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why. I don't understand why it's not Damian Harris. It's everyone's takes are throwing me off. I don't. I don't really know why either. Um, I mean, they are different kind of players, so maybe there's that. The one thing that I am most concerned, honestly, week one just to answer the question. No, I'm not going to play either of these guys. And the biggest reason for that is that for whatever reason. The Patriots are completely changing their running game this year, even though they've ran a power style running attack for Bill Belichick's entire coaching career in New England. They've always ran a power scheme. This year, they switched for whatever reason, switch it to a zone scheme. It's looked like it's not been yeah. great in the preseason. The, the offensive line doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. Um, and I don't know which one of these backs that is going to better suit in the long run. So until I figure that out, I don't want to play either one of them. Yeah, it's a good point. They that they did do that, and it has been a struggle for them. And I don't understand why they're doing that. Maybe because McDaniel's left. I, I don't really know. Um, but for right now, yeah, I'm not. I'm not starting either one of these running backs. Yeah, and uh, and let's not. You, you know, and not to, to mention, <laughs> yeah, you you shouldn't have. You. That's true. But not to mention. They're splitting play calling duties between two guys that both failed as head coaches and have defensive backgrounds. So the whole offense seems like it's, you know, running into a brick wall right now. Well, that brings yeah. up a good point. I, I'll just say, like like we said before, our starts of the week are on our next episode with the late games. One of my defensive starts of the week, the Dolphins defense. The Patriots struggles on offense are well documented, like you just heard Jim and Bigger be talking about. So if it's going to continue to happen, the Dolphins already had a strong defense. So if you can get the Dolphins defense to start on week one, definitely do it. Yeah, it could be a low. Well, I mean, the Dolphins could put up some points, but it could be a low scoring affair, you know, uh, 
against some of these other matchups that we're we're looking at. There could be uh, a lot of turnovers. Yeah, could be. On the Dolphins side of the ball, um, you know, I, I noticed Tyler, you didn't have Tua listed on here. See <laughs> automatic <laughs> tree you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of is just because <laughs> the Patriots, until you see what's happening there, plus the Patriots defense is traditionally very good. And even though they lost some guys, the, the defensive side of the ball definitely looked like it was the best side of the ball, um, throughout the entire preseason for the Patriots. So Tua is an, is a sit until I see what happens in this offense. Yeah, um, obviously the weapons, though, are starting Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Uh, what about the running back situation? It's It's been said that it's going to be Chase Edmonds for most of the RB1 work, but there are some other guys in the mix here in this backfield. Do we believe enough in Chase Edmonds right now off the bat? I mean, you didn't have to draft him as one of your first two running backs unless you punted the position or, or went you know, zero RB or hero RB, whatever. Um, in that situation, I guess, yes, you, I would start him um, just because I believe in Chase Edmonds this season. I think he'll have a good year, but, um, you know, for the most part, you're not going to have to start him week one. Yeah, th- this is an offense. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not going to start him. It, this is like one of the most interesting offenses to watch early in the season. You really got to see how this is playing out. Like how often is Tyreek Hill really going to get the ball and Jalen Waddle, two guys that obviously we're high on, think are must starts, but it's going to be a very run heavy offense. So it's you really got to see how things are playing out with this team because Tua is interesting, Chase Edmonds very interesting, but you, I really want to see how they're running their offense through like the first two or three games before I start buying in on these guys and risking getting a fantasy win and putting them in my starting lineup. Yep, well, I would only have to for. Agree for with you. I would say only for Edmonds because obviously where you drafted Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you are playing them. Oh, yeah. You know, they were drafted right. as your, you know, one, two, or, you know, really high end flex play if you if somehow Waddle fell, but you have to play them. I'd be nervous about starting Waddle right now. It really, you got to see how this offense is going to go. I, I'd be doing it, but I'd, it would make me nervous. Uh, what about the tight end situation there in Miami? Mike Gesicki's, he's a guy I've kind of been out on all year. Um, I'm definitely not starting him. I haven't been drafting him. I'm not starting him this, this week. Yeah, he's he's another guy like I'm avoiding. Um, I don't have any shares of Gesicki. Um, his ADP really fell throughout the offseason because there were rumors through camp that he wasn't fitting into the offense very well. Uh, they weren't really sure how to fit him in. McDaniels is looking at more of a you know, the running scheme and he needs a tight end that can block and Gesicki can't block. So, and now there's rumors out there. He's being shopped that he could be traded and wouldn't be surprised if he's traded before the, before the deadline. So Gesicki's out for me completely, unless we see some miracle turnaround with him. RIP to one of the best receiving tight ends in the game. I don't know about well, all that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but, but honestly, a trade might be the best thing for him. It'd be, it'd be very similar to what happened with Zach Ertz last year, finally getting out of Philly where he, you know, fell out of favor because of Dallas Goder, what goes to Arizona immediately has an impact, immediately becomes a favorite target of, of Kyler Murray. So if Gasicki does get traded, he could end up in a much better position than he is now. He's a great receiving tight end. Don't throw that shade. One of the he just can't run block league. One, like one of the top, yeah, I would put him like top seven, at least. 
if well, I uh, if you're talking about list, strictly pass like, catching, no. if you're talking about That's strictly what I'm pass, pass catching, catching, not just being a tight end. Okay, I'll uh, I'll lean with you there, man. I'll lean with you. Yeah, so <laughs> RIP to my boy. It's a hard lean for me. Uh, Ravens and Jets in uh, at the Jets. Baltimore is seven point favorites. The over under is forty four and a half points. Um, starting on the Ravens side of the ball, obviously Lamar Jackson will start for you. Um, Mark Andrews obviously will start. J.K. Dobbins is a big question mark for me. Um, you know, coming off the ACL, he's just a guy I did not heavily draft this, you know, draft season. There were other guys I just liked more at that, at that cost. Um, what do you guys think about J.K. Dobbins? I'm interested to hear. Are you plugging him in, you know, week one coming off the ACL? He's, he's, it's been questionable as to whether or not he's even going to be ready. I believe, or, or ready for a full load, that is. Um, I hesitate to think that Baltimore puts them in there and gives them a large volume right off the bat. Yes. Um, I was the opposite. I love J.K. Dobbins. Um, I drafted him in a lot of leagues. I think I have him in like five leagues. So um, I love his long-term output this season, but I am with you that week one, I am fading him. Um, I'm, you know, taking him out of my flex position in a lot of those because I believe he will be on a pitch count. I'm with you that I think, you know, Harbaugh and the Ravens hold him back till he gets his legs underneath him a little bit. And I don't want to rely on him having to score a touchdown to make his day relevant for me. But for his long term term outlook, I love J.K. Dobbins this year. Yep, you said it perfectly. I'm totally with you. All right, Rashad Bateman. Um the number one receiver here in this offense, clearly um, a guy we liked as a late round uh, wide receiver target. Um, a guy we liked last year, um, you know, when he was starting to get some opportunity, but obviously Hollywood Brown was the guy there. This offense has really never seemed to really utilize more than one guy on the outside. Um, I think Rashad Bateman has the talent to really have a breakout year. Um, you know, I'm willing to flex them week one against the Jets for sure. Oh, yeah, totally. You guys heard what I was saying about Bateman in one of our most recent episodes. He's actually my start of the week this year at receiver. This um, year? So for the whole year? For this whole year? I mean, this this year. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I mean, th- this week, a lot of my start of the weeks are coming out in this episode. Um, but with J.K. Dobbins most likely being on a pitch count, like you said, it, it's, it's basically him and Mark Andrews. I mean, if... We got Mike Davis back there. Like, I really think Bateman's going to have a great game. I'm all about playing him this week. Yeah, I mean, early in the offseason, I was worried about Bateman. And then Trey made the argument that Marquise Hollywood Brown is, you know, not there and is leaving 140, like, three targets on the field that someone has to go to. They can't go to Mark Andrews because he had over 150 targets himself last year. So they got to go to someone. Bateman's going to be that guy. And after Trey's argument a few weeks back, I actually ended up drafting Bateman in a ton of leagues as well as J.K. Dobbins. And I'm leaning towards Bateman in my flex play this week between the two of them. I should have waited on that argument because you totally sniped me in a couple of those leagues, you (laughs) piece of shit. Yeah, Tyler likes to snipe. Um, 
<laughs> Salty. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, Joe Flacco will be starting for the Jets. Zach Wilson is officially out. Um, little interesting tidbit coming out of Garrett Wilson um, telling reporters that he thinks Joe Flacco actually throws a more wide receiver friendly ball, uh, which just basically means he's better at throwing a football. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I, you know, it's interesting. I kind of honestly, and I uh, kind of agree with him, you know, from what we saw last year, like Elijah Moore had his best games when uh, Zach Wilson was not playing. So it actually improves, you know, the, the, likeness for an Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson this week for me. Um, what about you guys? How do you feel about these receivers for the Jets week one? You know, I was out, but after hearing you talk, I'm in on Elijah Moore. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, honestly, that's an interesting take, but it does make sense. Like, um, Flacco, he's been in the league for so long. He knows how to throw the ball with touch and some and some finesse if need be. Where when you, if you watch the tape, Zach Wilson does seem to be like trying to throw the ball as hard as he can on every throw, which you cannot do in the NFL. You have to have timing, you have to have rhythm, and you have to have some touch to be able to you know float the ball here and there and get it where the guys you know can catch the ball. So that makes sense. And I'm actually with Trey here. I was out with him, but that's a pretty convincing argument that maybe I'd be willing to throw Elijah Moore into my flex for this week. No Garrett Wilson though, huh? I mean, you know, I, you can only yeah. go with one of them. It's not like you're going to be putting both of them in your lineup. Um, and I would much prefer Elijah Moore. Yeah. I think you got to wait and see on on the Garrett Wilson. I, I think he's an absolute fantastic talent. I think he's going to be really good. But definitely wait and see how this offense operates first. Um, but I, I do think Elijah Moore definitely start worthy this week for me. Uh, the running back situation, Brees Hall, the rookie, Michael Carter, you know, in his second year. Brees Hall basically was being drafted as an RB two, so if you you know believe in the talent, um, believe that he's going to be the dominant guy in this backfield right out of the gate, then even though it's a tough matchup against the Ravens, you probably still have to start him if you drafted him where he's being drafted. Yeah, more than likely. Um, like you said, you probably drafted him as RB two. I, I got him in one league. No, I didn't. I chose Etienne over him actually instead. So. Yeah, because we're not a bunch of suckers. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it is it is a very tough matchup, though. So you do have him as your RB2. You have to play him. But he's a guy that I would rather throw into a, like a flex play for myself, not uh, into an RB2 role this week. All right, let's move on to the Jaguars taking on the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 44 points. Matchup uh, of the week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this has to be the worst matchup of, of week one. This is, this is uh, going to be a snoozer of a game. This is not primetime TV. Although or, I do. It could be so bad that it's actually entertaining. I, it could be. could be one of those. Um, I do have some belief in the Jaguars this year. I, I really think they'll be a lot better. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's to this level, but you think about the Cincinnati Bengals last year. You know, they were kind of ranked in the bottom of the league and really came out and surprised a lot of people. I think the Jaguars could be that team this year if I had to choose one. Um, but I'm not 
put my chips all in on this offense week one. I think Travis Etienne for me is the only guy that I'm comfortable starting uh, week one against Washington. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I'm mostly there with you, uh, just to see how this thing goes. But I, you know, I with you the prospects over the over the course of the season, I think could be good because you do have you know the creative play calling this in Doug Peterson, the second year of Trevor Lawrence with who now is a competent head coach and can teach him how to actually you know play quarterback in the NFL. Plus, let's not forget he was you know he's a top recruit and one of the top prospects we've seen at the quarterback position in you know thirty years. So. I think overall, in the long run, you'll start to see guys like Lawrence or Christian Kirk be able to be, you know, guys to consider week in and week out. But I think week one, I'm only looking at running backs. ETN is where I would lean, but they're they're saying a lot about James Robinson having a pretty significant role in week one that he's ready to go fully. So that gives me some pause as well. So it's going to be interesting to see the way this all, you know, rolls out, honestly. Yeah, I'm avoiding the whole Jaguars offense. With where you drafted ETN, you might be kind of forced to play him. But I, I, I'm with you as far as uh, people saying James Robinson is going to have a bigger role. It's it's concerning to me if you are an ETN owner. And like long term, sure. I like Robinson more than ETN. But that's you know another hot take, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I'm avoiding it. I just I just can't see any of these guys really having a great game this week. I love the talent in ETN, but obviously we haven't seen it yet, right? So it's hard to fully buy in, um, especially when we've seen James Robinson have success at this level, at the you know at the consistency that he has. Uh, but I'm not buying in really on James Robinson just yet. You know, the Achilles is such a like terrible injury, especially for that position. It's the odds are are stacked greatly against him for coming back and being. Yeah what he was in the past so he also I'm, just tore I'm in december out. yeah i mean a nine-month turnaround is pretty crazy it's pretty miraculous it's kind of what cam Akers did last year and we saw how well that worked out for him in the playoffs so right. that is concerning uh moving to the other side of the ball the washington commanders um really you know a, a few guys i guess here to talk about um antonio gibson um, should be the starter, should see most of the work. Um, I believe he will. You know, Ron Rivera has been coming out, as he does, um, saying a bunch of stuff. And who knows if we can actually trust what he says. You know, I, I'm a little salty after last year saying what he said about, oh, a CMC role, and then, you know, never throwing him the football. Um, but I you believe. never forget. Uh, dude, it's a rough one because I believe in the talent in Gibson, but um, he's obviously made his mistakes fumbling the ball and, and all that, and you just can't do that at that position. Although I will say this, I I really like Antonio Gibson this week. Um, it's not a great defense, and if you're ever going to start Antonio Gibson, it should be this week. You know, He's got probably a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder, I would imagine. I would hope so um, as a competitor. So... You know, I would look for him to come out and command the ball, you know, demand the ball and really try to have a big game week one. Command the ball for the commanders. <laughs> command uh, the ball. Can't get that <laughs> name out of my, my head. Yo, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on the Antonio Gibson take. But once Brian Robinson comes back with the wrath of 50 Cent, 
He's just going <laughs> to drop that hot, <laughs> hot album. Okay. Yeah. He's trying to get rich or die trying. You know what I mean? He's going to get rich or die trying. Many, 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 many men. Okay. I'm going to regret not drafting him. That's all I got to say. Oh, God. Yeah. That's nice. Um, What about you, Tyler? Do you like Gibson this week? I mean, I would throw him my flex. I'm so concerned about like the craziness of his offseason going from like presumed starter to him losing his role to a rookie running back to not even, like, he didn't just lose his start. He lost, like, being even playing in the backfield. He became a kick returner only, and now he's back to RB1. Like, this is a roller coaster ride that's worthy of, like, a soap opera. I mean, I don't know what to do here, and I can't trust Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera lies out of his ass. They call him (laughs) Riverboat Ron for a reason. He's not telling you the truth. No, but then you just prove your point right there that Ron Rivera lies. So what if I mean obviously he was returning like uh, Gibson was returning kicks during training camp, blah blah blah. But what if it's all just a bunch of BS, offseason BS, and Gibson really is that guy right now? Well, don't do that to me. Now I'm even more confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about Ron. I know. Like honestly, I guess at this point, because there's so few other guys to go for in this backfield and in this offense, I would throw them in my flex. But I'm not going to guarantee nothing. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver position, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Um, I mean, is Scary Terry a must-start? I mean, you drafted him as your wide receiver, too, in many instances. So, yeah. Well, I didn't. But well, yeah, but many people, people did. <laughs> uh, I mean, many, what was many, 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 many. <laughs> There's other options out there that I like a lot more. Um, so you know, in he he's being drafted as wide receiver 16. Yeah, that's. So I mean, you you have to put him literally in your never. He's literally never finished higher than I think 21. Um, at the position. Hey, man, I didn't say that it was correct. I'm just saying that those are the facts. Let's say you should do it. Yeah, it's but treating us like we drafted him. We did it's not. A, <laughs> that's a scary, scary situation for me that I've avoided throughout draft season, and you guys have as well. Good job. Uh, you're listening to me. Uh, but Jahan Dotson, <laughs> you know, obviously the wide receiver two here. There's been a lot of good reports coming out of training camp. He was drafted really late in drafts. Um, Tyler, or undrafted you know, in most. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the talent, you know, in our in our rookie uh, wide receiver show way back before the NFL draft. He's got mm-hmm. some of that dog in him. I like him as a player, but I don't like this offense. I don't like the quarterback, so I'm not starting him yet. But I think he's a guy, you know, I'd love to have in dynasty um, or you know, uh, really deep leagues. But starting this week, no. Honestly, if depending on how deep your league is, I don't mind flexing Dotson this week because the Jaguars were really bad against receivers last year. They gave up 34 points a game to wide receivers. So even though you don't love Wentz, and I mean, who really does? And this offense doesn't look like it's going to be great. I would think that him and Scary Terry could both end up putting up, you know, 12 to 15 points apiece. So if that's the case, he's definitely worthy of a flex play. That's a decent point. I would just say his last name reminds me of the car brand, Dotson. And um, that is not a good sign. 
Hey, those are sweet trucks, man. Um, <laughs> so you're thinking of the trucks, and they have cars too, oh. and that's why you're not thinking of the cars. Yeah, well, maybe uh, I'm I'm speaking back to the people that are 40 or 50. It's an old shitty brand. They haven't. I don't think Dots is even around in like most of our lifetime. Yeah, and we'll and we'll talk about that in five years when Dotson's not around. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really don't believe that. Uh, the Browns taking on the Panthers in Carolina. The Panthers are one and a half point favorites, 42 and a half over under. So books think this will be a pretty low scoring game. It might be our lowest in the early games for over unders. Um, but yeah, amongst uh, let's start, I guess, on the Brown side. Uh, Brissett is the starter. You have obviously Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there. Um, are those both automatic starts for you guys? How do you feel about the backfield situation? Well, Chubb is an automatic start, especially where you drafted him. I mean, you're gonna you draft him as you know more than likely your RB two. Some in some cases RB one even. So you have to start uh, start Chubb. He's also probably the most the best pure runner in the league. Um, so there's that. Cream Hunt, I am a little concerned of because. I'm not really sure what to think about the way his offseason went. You know, he demanded that trade and the Browns said, yeah, uh, no. And, <laughs> and so now he's there and we haven't heard much from him since then. And I know that like when him and Chubb play, they are both, you know, playable guys. They, uh, you know, Chubb averaged about 15 points per game last year. Hunt was right behind him at 12 points per game. So he is a flexible player. But I worry just the way this offseason's gone, how they're going to use him in week one. Maybe he's still a bit in the doghouse. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I would be worried about starting Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb was my running back start of the week. Um, I guess all of my starts of the week are coming on this episode. <laughs> don't worry. So you don't oh, need to watch them on the next episode. one. <laughs> <laughs> at least mine. Most of mine are on this one, but I have I have some for the next one also. But I mean, when it comes to the Browns offense, the only players that I'm touching uh, it was really just Nick Chubb. I'm touching Chubb for sure. <laughs> but um, I, I if I have Amari Cooper, I'm waiting to see what can happen. You drafted him late enough anyways that you can maybe take that risk. And um, it, it, the only other person I'm interested in is David Njoku. Like if you're streaming tight ends, he really is worthy of playing. So it's it's Chubb and Njoku all day. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would agree with you on Njoku. I think he's going to have a good year and uh, maybe even better with Jacoby since he targets the tight end a lot. They paid him all that money. They they better darn well use him. Um, Kareem Hunt, I do think, is flexible, especially in full PPR leagues. Um, that's where he excels on this offense. He is the pass-catching back. Um, Chubb does not catch passes just trays but um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i like i like cream hunt in a like a full ppr situation as a flex for sure mari cooper i'm i've just been out on all year so yeah right i mean we all have we've all you know i think we we, he was called pooper for a reason throughout most of our (laughs) offseason um but like Someone has to be the leading receiver on this team, right? So why would not throw Amari Cooper Joku. into like your flex? Yeah, and Joku, right? But yeah, I mean, you guys saw I drafted Amari Cooper in our last draft that we did during the offseason. Um, I took that risk in your family league. 
just because it's your family league. And I was like, you know what? I we can we might all be wrong. I took a lot of risks in that draft. So yeah, you never know. You know, the, the funny thing is that the people that had never played before, I feel like had a better draft than the people who have played for some. <laughs> like, like okay, I mean, Matthew Stafford happens. got taken in the first round. Like, I don't like what. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and that's, that's from an experienced old, player. Those good old home family leagues. Um, gotta love it. That's what fantasy football is all about. You know, takes me back to my roots. Um, <laughs> they're fun. <laughs> the other side of the ball, the Carolina Panthers. Um, obviously, you know, C- CMC are starting. Uh, what about DJ Moore? You guys, you're you're starting in a hundred percent though. Dude, he's had crappy quarterback. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He's had shitty quarterback play his entire career and has still had three straight thousand yard seasons. Yeah, how many touchdowns? Like, yeah, not a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think he's had four touchdowns in each of the seasons, which is kind of weird. Um, eventually, the touchdowns will come, but like knowing that he can get you, you know, eighty yards essentially every game, you're gonna start him. Eventually, the touchdowns will come. We've been saying that for three years. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's Man, like, may, maybe Baker's finally the one who does it. You know, and like Baker gets yeah. a lot of hate because of last season, but he did have a he was a Pro Bowler the year before. He you know injured his throwing arm labrum. He told tore the or offhand labrum, but it he fought through the entire season. It clearly affected the way he was playing. I think people are giving him a lot more hate than he deserves. So I bet you Baker Mayfield comes back and shows that he's a he's a good quarterback in this league not a great quarterback he's a good quarterback in this league yeah i agree probably the best passing quarterback he's had uh dj moore in quite a while maybe his career but would you start baker mayfield then with how no high you are on him no i i wouldn't i'm just saying that like he like you said he's the best he is probably the best quarterback dj moore has played with so i would expect dj moore to have a better season not to mention, if CMC can stay healthy, that actually takes some pressure off of DJ Moore having to produce because their defense are going to be focused on CMC. I'm with that. All right, the last game in the early window here, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Houston Texans uh, in Houston. The Colts are seven-point favorites, over-unders 46 and a half, or 46 points, actually, even. Um, cold side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor, you are starting Michael Pittman Jr. You are starting. Um, are you taking a shot on a guy like Naeem Hines in, let's say maybe a full PPR league? There's been talks throughout off season that, you know, this, this coaching staff wants to get him more involved. Um, they want him to have a nice, you know, pass receiving role in this offense and utilize his skill set. He's a guy that's kind of loved in the organization there in Indianapolis. But are you betting on that week one against the Texans? And let's say you're in a full PPR league. Are you flexing Naeem Hines? You know, I, I would. A um, couple of reasons. One, like you said, the coaching staff really wants to get him more involved. They're saying they want him to catch at least 60 passes passes this year. The last time he did that, which is two years ago after you know the injury plague season last year, he was running back 15, like overall, when he caught 60 passes. So that's good. That means that they expect him more into it. <laughs> yeah. um, not to mention, he's going to be on the field a lot more in week one against the Texans because the Colts are going to throttle them and they're going to sit Jonathan Taylor. And that's the whoa, last half whoa, of that argument. <laughs> what? 
Oh, turn it, tune it down a little bit, dude. <laughs> no, uh, no faith in old Meek Mills over there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I actually have some faith in terms of, you know, that offense being able to put up some numbers, but a lot of his numbers come from garbage time numbers, which, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't play, you know, <laughs> Meek Mills. That's a, that's a <laughs> new one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they, they also want to try to keep Jonathan Taylor fresh for the entire season. So I think you're going to see them limit his carries a little bit, especially when they're up big. So Hines is going to be a, a pretty worthy flex play this week, I believe. Yeah, I agree if it's a PPR league. Totally agree. Taking a shot on Alec Pierce. Um, presumably the the wide receiver two on the depth chart. But do we have to wait and, and see really just how much he's involved in this offense? Or are you taking a shot on the rookie week one? Um, You know, I, I think he's a wait and see. Um, especially in week one, because I think they'll end up running the ball quite a bit against this Texans defense. So they don't have to throw the ball much. So he's a wait and see, but I think by the end, you know, maybe halfway through the season or so, you're going to start seeing Pierce as someone you could, could flex pretty often. Yeah. I like the talent. He's like six, three to 15 ish somewhere around there. Um, these look good in training camp. So, you know, I like the talent, but yeah, I would definitely wait and and hold uh, week one. Uh, Houston Texans side of the ball. Crickets? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Cooks, right? Brandon what about, Cooks, yeah. you're starting. What about you're, you're our starting guy? Cooks and Pierce. You're starting Cooks and Pierce. Okay, I was just going to ask, what about our guy Pierce? Like, how much are you starting him, though? Because... He was probably drafted again, unless you did as your RB or hero RB. He's probably drafted as your RB three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once we got into draft season. I mean, um, this is, I mean, he wasn't even on the radar before the NFL draft for most people. Um, we talked about him a, a, a good amount in our running back rookie show. We liked the tape. Um, you know, I, I loved um, when he did get the opportunities at Florida. I think he really flashed. For whatever reason, their coaching staff there wanted to run a committee. That's just what he did. Um, and Pierce never really got a, a full workload. But, yeah, I, I think you're plugging Pierce in week one, you know, and, and let's ride. Yeah, Broncos country. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll ride with Pierce for sure. Um, you couldn't, you said it as, as well as you could. Uh, he's He is – he's not the – official starter according to like their depth chart but he is the number one guy on the depth chart so you should be starting him and he's he looks like he's gonna be like the rookie running back to really have that's what it seems like i mean his only competition right now is what rex burkhead who's 32 45 <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he's been he's, feels he's like not- he's been in the league for 20 years yeah, he's Dude, that's what his welcome. That's that Patriot thing. It seems like all Patriot players have been in the league forever. Yeah, I mean, he's a real lunch pail guy. First one in, last one out. <laughs> oh yeah, why are you saying that? A lot that? of work ethic. He's he's, just, he's a grinder. <laughs> he's got grit. You know, real <laughs> lunch pail, just blue collar guy. Sounds about white. Um, <laughs> that'll do it for the early window games, right? Unless there's anyone yeah. else you guys uh, want to bring up out of these matchups. 
I would just say that uh, the Colts are a team that I, their defense is a team I've been drafting a lot in recent drafts just because of the first two weeks of the season. Um, they're they're like we just talked about. They're playing the Texans, and then in week two, they're just a strong like starting out. Like week two, they play uh, the Jaguars, so it's a they're they're a good defense to have for the first two weeks. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, all right, that'll do it for the early window. Uh, we make sure you stay tuned in for the late window games and our starts of the week um, on the show for Friday. So make sure you tune into that uh, again. You can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, like, subscribe, rate us. You know, five stars is all the only ratings we accept. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, we appreciate y'all listening and we will see you for the late games and let's play some football, babies. Fucking football time. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Bye. <laughs> it's total opposite of what you're doing. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles. Toodaloo.